0: Welcome everyone to the American Pipeline podcast presented by the Hockey News and presented by BetMGM. I'm Mike Stevens and sitting virtually across from me is lovely Sydney Wolf. Sydney, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. We're officially, you know, fully underway with college hockey and with the USHL and all the different leagues basically are in action now. So I'm really excited. It's been a busy few weeks.
0: Absolutely. So yeah, this podcast we're going to be going through like like it says, of so like the American pipeline of, of of hockey. We're going to go through the uh, the the NCAA, USHL. You know, go through teams with with prospects in there. You know, upcoming players. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, and full disclosure, Sydney's the expert here. Okay, like I'm 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 here to channel channel her knowledge uh, in, in in a proper way. I'm not the expert. She is, uh, and, and which is going to be great. So today we got some. Some great stuff for you. Why don't we go through the NCAA? Because as you say here, there's a lot lot of upsets in college hockey this weekend. You know, like you said, North Dakota tied and lost to Quinnipiac at home uh, or Quinnipiac. You know what? There are a lot of difficult to pronounce names in college hockey. I'm just going to like right off the hop. It's tough. So Why don't you just take us through the entire slate? You know, top players, crazy stuff that's happening. Get people excited about what's happening in college hockey.
1: Yeah, you know, it's been a, it has been a—it was a really eventful week last weekend. It was really crazy. I know, you know, there were some games Thursday, but Friday night into Saturday, and I think there were some Sunday games as well. People were checking their phones, including myself, and really just being wowed by a lot of the scores. There were a lot of really big upsets, which, you know, take the word upsets as you will, because early in the season, it's kind of like, okay, this team might be number one, but that's not really based on too much besides last year. So it's kind of been funky a little bit. But yeah, so in no particular order, you know, we already mentioned North Dakota and Quinnipiac had a had a really big series. Those are two really, really good teams uh, that are definitely going to be top contenders in the NCAA this year. Uh, and they were both at home and North Dakota doesn't really lose very much at home. So that was definitely uh, kind of a surprise, but a lot of people have been really high on Quinnipiac uh, coming into this season. So the first game was technically a tie. North Dakota did win the shootout, but because it's not a conference game that doesn't really do too much, just kind of bragging rights. And then Quinnipiac won the second game. So I don't know if you can take too much away from that. I mean, they're both really good teams, but Quinnipiac definitely, uh, you know, they they won on the road at North Dakota. That's not not an easy thing to do, but mm-hmm. there's a ton of other pretty crazy upsets too. Duluth uh, was swept by Minnesota State Mankato, and that was huge. The first game was kind of a blowout. People were pretty surprised by that because uh, Duluth – Always, always a top contender of a team. They're always really, really good. But, you know, Minnesota State is also a really good team. And Duluth has had, you know, a little bit of a little bit of trouble playing Mankato, especially in Mankato's building. They have some freshmen, too, that uh, the team wasn't really sure how they were going to play on both sides for Duluth and Mankato. So Mankato are really strong showing. They'll play St. Cloud this week. That's another top matchup. There's a lot of really crazy ones happening this month. Another big one people talked about was Denver, the number mm-hmm. one team in the polls swept by UMass this week. So that was a a pretty crazy one. So UMass gets some credit there for sweeping Denver. They'll play Providence this week. I think that's actually gonna be a, a fun matchup as well. So that was another big one. and then some other, you know, ones that were a little surprising to me. Colorado College was swept by St Lawrence, which I thought was kind of uh kind of what I wasn't really expecting. A lot of people thought Colorado College maybe would, be sort of one of those surprise teams that would end up being really good after having a couple you know okay years um and then you know some other interesting games BU and Michigan split they're both really good programs obviously but Michigan has gotten a lot of attention and a lot of good players over the past
0: I mean of you know, course year.
1: so that was a pretty big split and just just a ton of awesome games in college hockey last weekend and a bunch of really good ones uh, uh for this weekend as well and a lot of Standout players were honored in their weekly conference honors and stuff like that. I think Mankato had three of their players for the CCHA honors, their new goalie. Freshman Alex Tracy. I know some people were a little unsure of how Dryden McKay, uh, his absence with Mankato was gonna be, but I watched Alex Tracy a lot with Sioux City in the USHL. I think he'll do pretty good, but a lot of new players, and uh, you know, it's a new season, so we'll just have to see how these teams adapt to these next few series. Some teams only have, you know, one series they've played this year and some teams have had a couple of series under their belt. So we're just going to have to kind of wait and see what happens this weekend. I think it's going to tell a lot uh, just because a lot of these teams have a chance to either bounce back this weekend or to kind of just keep asserting their dominance. So I guess we'll have to wait and see.
0: You mentioned Dryden McKay and he's a very interesting uh, player here because uh, basically he he signed an AHL deal with the Leafs, but obviously with that suspension, you know, it's I don't even, I think he's eligible to play now, but he isn't right now. I think he's training to get himself back up. Um, But this is a guy who like, he won the Hobie Baker, right? Like he's, he's a, he's a goalie. He's undersized. There's a lot of people who are high on him. But a lot of people who are low on him too. What do you, what do you get a sense of him? Like, like just, you know, from your, your, I guess, scouting expertise. Uh, Cause you watch, you watch collegiate hockey a lot more than I would say the average fan, especially the average Leafs fan. Um, So is, is this a guy that people can get excited about?
1: Yeah, I mean, Dryden McKay, I think a lot of us in, in college hockey and especially us Minnesotan fans sort of know how good Dryden was. I think some people tried to mellow out the hype a little bit about him by saying, well, some of the teams Mankato plays in their conference maybe aren't. Top teams in the NCAA, but still the numbers that he had and the performances that he had over all of his years were still really good. So I think if he's able to get a shot to play at a high level, I think he's going to do really, really well. And obviously, if you're Mankato, you don't just accidentally make it super far in in the tournaments at the end of the year for no reason. You have to have good goaltending. So I think he's really good. I also think some people sort of, you know, just they they weren't really sure how to feel about him because there's such that. I don't know. People just really love those huge, tall goaltenders Yeah. And he's he's a
0: short King, you know, like he's he's, he's tough.
1: Yeah. He's a little shorter. So I think sometimes people overlook those shorter goaltenders. And I personally, I don't care about that. If you can make saves, that's all I care about. So I think Jordan McKay will do good. And I'm kind of excited to see uh, what he's able to do at, at the next level.
0: Well, thank you for, you know, for telling everyone and, and championing the, the short people, the under six feet, feet people like myself, you know, we can do anything. We're just as good as the tall people. Okay. Um, so that, that's pretty wild. The USHL. And this is a very, this is, I find this very interestingly, you know, it's, it's a very, it's quite the speaking of American pipeline, like at least for, um for management people, it's quite the pipeline to the NHL. Like if you, if you succeed in a management role or a coaching role there, like that's noticed by the NHL, it seems to be a very up and coming league in that sense. Lots went down. Uh, lots went down with USHL uh, recently, especially the National Development Program uh, for USA Hockey. Why don't you give us a little rundown of what that's going on?
1: Yeah. So this year, the NTDP, the, NTDP, the National Program, um, they've been having a really great year. Actually, they have a lot of really, really good players that I think people are excited about uh, that are going to be up and coming. You know, high level draft draft picks uh, in the future, and You know they've defeated a bunch of Division One programs already when they when they play these college these Division One college teams and you know they usually get a couple of wins here and there but they've beat a ton of D One programs they're off to a really good start they did have one strange loss they lost to Division Three Bethel which awesome for Bethel because they're you know not in the same league as these Division Mm -hmm. One teams but all these D One programs lost Bethel got a win so that was really cool to see. Uh, especially for any Minnesota hockey fans. But there's some really standout players already. I know a lot of people have been hyping up Will Smith. He's been really good. He's probably going to be a, a top draft pick here coming up. He's, you know, pretty good size, but he has 19 points in 10 games. So, I mean, that's... The,
0: the guy won an Oscar last year. What, what can't this guy do? Yeah,
1: I always think it's a, that's a great name to have, but he's, mm-hmm. he's been absolutely tearing it up. That's a really crazy statistic to have. Also, Ryan Leonard, he's been having a lot of points too. I think he's at 17. Same with Gabe Perot, I think is also at 17. So mm-hmm. again, really high level scores. I know a lot of people have been really high on Oliver Moore as well. Uh, so he's been quite good as well. I think he's at 12 points, so still over, I think, a point per game. So those have been kind of the uh the under 18 standouts and the U seventeens as well have, I think, another really strong team. Cole Eiserman has been, you know, kind of their hyped up guy. He's 13 points in eight games. So that's still really good. I believe he's a Minnesota commit, but he's from Massachusetts. So that's kind of like not something people see too often. James Haggins as well, 10 points. Uh, he's, I think also from Massachusetts, but the thing that makes me feel kind of old is James Haggins is not eligible for the draft until 2025, which is kind of like, that's I
0: don't know. It's not even a real year. <laughs>
1: you just listen to it and you're like, oh, okay. It's not even 2023. That's it's just really weird because I think he turns sixteen this fall or something, but he's also wow. having a really great season. So if he's already doing good, that's that could be a top a top person to look out for in the next few years.
0: so this um, guy is he's crazy. tearing it up and he's not eligible until after Avengers Secret Wars comes out.
1: yeah, I mean, it's that's I can't even really. That's how I it, divvy right.
0: up my life in, in Marvel movies. And that is, that's the farthest one away. That's incredible what this guy's doing.
1: Yeah. I mean, just a standout performance so far mm-hmm. for such a young player. And then another player, I think some people will probably be familiar with the last name Cole Hudson, mm-hmm. you know, again, a little bit smaller size for a defender, but I'm sure people know um, brothers Quinn and Lane. They've yep. been, you know, in the talks for the last few years and, I mean, Cole looks also really good. So obviously, I feel like sometimes the younger siblings end up being sometimes the best players because I'm sure you got to compete against your your older brothers or your siblings and stuff like that. So I always like watching the the younger siblings of of the groups and seeing what they can do. But yeah, the NTDP, really, really good start, and the USHL also, you know, they have a couple games under their belt. It's still a little hard to tell what's going to happen with the USHL this year because we're so early on in the season, but, kind of a funny little stat for the USHL all the top league leading scores are all from the Chicago Steel. So
0: <laughs> they are the Chicago Steel are, are specifically them are, are are the the pipeline to the NHL. Like the like they they so. it's crazy. Like the Leafs they got like Ryan Hardy and 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 um uh, uh Noel Needham and and every like it's it's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean Chicago's been tearing it up, especially Jaden Perrin lately. He's a North Dakota commit who had He had a really good year last year. I believe it was 45 points, I think, in like 60 games. So really solid. But I think this year too, he's able to just really make a standout year for himself again. But yeah, Chicago, ton of great players. But a lot of people, eyes on Jaden Perrin. Nick Moldenhauer, he's a he's a Toronto draft pick. Still on college, but he's also tearing it up. So there's some good news. Good news for Leafs fans. Um he'll be really good. I think he's at 11 points in eight games. Uh, we still don't know where he's going to go to college. I heard a couple months ago, it was maybe Michigan, but then all of the stuff with Michigan happened. So yeah. I don't I don't really know where players are that were thinking about that. And that was just some rumbling. So I guess I don't really know. But and then in the, the third Chicago player that's up there is Mick Thompson. He has 11 points in eight games. Kind of Kind of interesting because he didn't have like a crazy year stats wise last year. So maybe this is kind of like his year he's going to really step it up and, and kind of have a breakout season here in the USHL and a couple of the other standout players, Mason Marcellus of the Lincoln stars. He's a Quinnipiac commit. He's been really strong and uh, Miko Matica. He's, he's finished. He's a Denver commit and also an Arizona draft pick. And I think people are really high on him excited to see where he goes. And yeah, a little, a little early to tell where the goaltenders are at still, but I guess we'll have to wait and see for the next few weeks.
0: That man, that, that Toronto pipeline is crazy with the, like, like, like one of the standout players against Maldenhauer, who, who was, um who was known for that lots of like, this is a, for anyone who's looking to, to really get a jump on the next wave of NHL talent, like the USHL is a, is a place that you should be looking, I think, you know.
1: It's good, and they have a lot of really young players this mm-hmm. year, which we might talk about in, in future weeks here, but they have a lot of young players and players that are going to be eligible for the next uh, draft in 2023. So a lot of names that I think as as the season keeps progressing and as players start to make a name for themselves, you'll probably uh, want to keep an eye on, on a few of those guys here for 2023.
0: Absolutely. All right. Every week we are going to go through uh, one team, and each of it, like you know, one team through throughout all the thirty-two teams in the NHL, and uh, go through their prospects, uh, especially specifically the ones that are in the NCAA, uh, USHL, all that, because you know obviously that's where Sydney's expertise is. And this week, we've decided to land on the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that is very very good at developing their own young guys. They they and and are big on finding you know other realms other than potentially junior hockey or or you know Europe like they they really do focus on the collegiate a lot and holy smokes do they have a lot of prospects in the Amer- as we say the in the american pipeline um yeah. which us through in sydney
1: yeah i mean they have a lot i i don't think i've counted them <laughs> so all many. Off, but it's it's a lot compared to some teams who only have you know a handful of guys and they pull from other leagues which obviously every team kind of does their own thing mm-hmm. but yeah carolina has Quite a few guys, so in no particular order. They're just kind of listed. So again, we're just talking about them in no order whatsoever. But one of the the big prospects I think that's gonna be having a really good year this year, and I started off really strong is Kevin Wall from Penn State. He already four goals, three assists for seven points, and only five games played. And Penn State typically isn't one of those really, really strong teams in college hockey. They're in the they're in the Big Ten, which sometimes produces really really good teams, and other times some of those teams aren't as strong. So they're off to a pretty strong start, but I thought an interesting stat is that he's plus 11 so far in in five games. So that's uh, a pretty good stat. I don't think uh, Penn State has been tested too much by any really tough opponents quite yet, but they've really put up – some really good scoring numbers and stuff like that. And I think he's going to be a really interesting prospect. He's six feet tall, was around six draft pick back in 2019. He's a senior this year, but there's a lot of those players going back for their fifth year. if They feel like they can use another year of development. So we'll see, but Wall, 29 points and 38 games played last season, really, really solid. So I think he's set up to have a big year this year, especially if he's planning to, you know, be done with college hockey after this year, his senior year. So we'll just have to wait and see, but I've heard a lot of, hype about him online especially when people talking about some of those kobe baker predictions so he's probably one of their biggest prospects to look out for in the ncaa but another one i've heard a ton of people talking about recently uh jackson blake who's Mm -hmm. playing at north dakota north dakota you know i'm a saint cloud fan so whenever i compliment north dakota you know paints me a little it bit. Re-
0: it really <laughs> has to be worth it. Like, but you, you know, they get,
1: they do get some really, really good recruits mm-hmm. uh coming into their program. And Jackson Blake, five foot eleven, so pretty, pretty decent size. He's from Fargo. Uh round four pick in 2021. He's he's only a freshman, but a lot of people have really high hopes for him, for him this year. He had a really big season in the USHL last year. So again, you know, he's coming through that pipeline, USHL to college and now people are really uh, excited to see what he can do for North Dakota, uh, North Dakota, always, you know, one of those, one of those contenders for the for the national tournament at the end of the year. So we'll have to see they have a big weekend coming up this week. They're playing the Gophers, North Dakota Ooh, yeah. and Minnesota. So that's always a huge matchup. We'll have to see if he can contribute there. But he's got six points in four games already as a freshman. That's really hard to do in the NCHC. So good for him. He's another huge prospect. And then uh, sort of like the other, you know, top tier prospect, I think they have too, is Massimo Rizzo, who's playing for the reigning national champions of Denver. He was part of that squad last year that ended up winning it all. So that's already a good sign. If if you're a player that's uh, drafted to a team, I'm sure they're excited to see that your team was able to pull it together and go all the way and win that national tournament, because every player on that team obviously contributes at least a little bit to that win. He's got three points in four games. They're all assists. Um, He was around seven picks. So, you know, sometimes those players either end up doing really good or kind of falling off a little bit. He's been doing really good, but uh, he's only a sophomore, 36 points in 39 games last year, almost a point per game. So I think he's going to be a really promising player. It's just kind of kind of a matter of if he's going to be having a big sophomore year or kind of heading into that sophomore slump that we see quite a bit with college hockey. Some of those players have really nice freshman years, really promising freshman years. And then sophomore year, it's a little harder to produce the same that you did. And then you come back your third year and you kind of explode again. So we'll see, sophomore years are always tough, but Denver again, a really strong team, but they were just swept by UMass. So again, kind of hard to tell. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, I know I've been saying that a lot, but it's just, it's early in the season. So mm-hmm. I don't wanna be making any too too bold statements, too bold of hot takes or anything.
0: Point per, point per game as a freshman, I mean, especially as a seventh round pick, like that's, that's pretty good. Like for pick value there. Yeah.
1: I mean, so those players, I feel like a lot of times you can't bank on those six, seventh round guys. Sometimes, sometimes those are kind of just a gamble of, we think we, we like this guy, but we don't really know. We'll see what he does. So if you can get that out of a, a late round pick, I think that's going to be really good for Carolina uh, to get somebody that's
0: of course, he's Carolina. They always the, find these the guys
1: high talent. Oh yeah. So kind of interesting there. And then we kind of go to another category of players, Mm -hmm. Uh, another freshman that has had a lot of people talking about him. Cruz, Cruz Lucius who plays for Wisconsin. He Amazing
0: name, brother. by the way. Amazing. Cruz yeah, Lucius. His
1: brother Chaz. Yeah. Chaz Lucius. As in Cruz. Yes.
0: The Lucius bros. That is extremely cool. That is pretty, extremely pretty cool.
1: Pretty Wild names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. Uh, but the story with them was that his brother, uh, Chaz was playing at Minnesota. He now is playing for, or he signed his contract. Actually, he didn't actually transfer. So, he signed his contract. His brother, Cruz, was supposed to play at Minnesota, decommitted. Now is it Wisconsin. He's an NTDP product. He's got one goal in four games. But the thing is, Wisconsin is such a strange team. They have all of these amazing players, and they just haven't been able to win games the past few seasons. So it's kind of hard. You kind of have to take his stats with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. they have so many of these really good NHL prospects. But as a team, just something something isn't working with with. with with Wisconsin. So I don't know. I, a lot of people are excited about Cruz Lucius. I think he has a lot of potential. It's just kind of a matter of what's Wisconsin going to do this year. They're their own four to start the season. So not that great. He's got one goal. He I think was born in Kansas, but lived in Minnesota. I think they're pretty much Minnesotans was on the NTDP. He was around four pick. I think he could have gone higher, but from what I heard, I think he was battling some injuries on the NTDP. So he didn't get in all the games last year. So I think some people didn't really know what he was going to do this season because he didn't get to play all the games. So that was kind of a big thing, but a lot of people are excited about Cruz Lucius. It's just, we don't really know how Wisconsin's going to do. So we'll see. Hopefully he's able to put up some points as a, as a freshman, but Wisconsin and their whole college hockey program is kind of just in a weird spot right now. Why so do you think we'll, that is? You know, a lot of people have speculated, is it recruiting? Well, I don't think so. They have a lot of they have a lot of NHL draft picks on their mm-hmm. team. Is it is it coaching? What is it? Because they're they're a big 10 school, you know. I don't know. Some people are speculating we might be getting a coaching change for Wisconsin here, maybe in the next year, but no one really knows. I don't know. Wisconsin is just such such a big question mark. And they're mm-hmm. gonna be traveling to Duluth this weekend. So that's gonna be another hard series for them. And if they're swept again, they're gonna be 0-6. So that's not gonna be a very good start to the season for them but I don't know. They have the talent to do it. They just haven't done it per se. So interesting. He's an interesting prospect. And then we got pairs of players from other schools. We got Mm -hmm. a pair of DU or BU players, Boston university players, and Cade Weber and Dominic Fensor, both of them, a handful of points in their three games. So looking pretty good, but still early on in the year uh, rounds, three and four picks. Cade Weber is pretty big. He sits, he's a six foot six defenseman. So, you know, that's always Nice to have some of that size in, in your in your pipeline. He's a junior, hasn't put up a, a ton of points over at BU, but his plus minus has been pretty good. So he's kind of one of those players that you're kind of waiting to see them take take the next step and go to the next level, that type of player. Yeah. So we'll kind of wait and see. He's got two points in three games, but again, it's so early, it's hard to tell. And then Dominic Fensor, uh, a smaller defenseman from New York, third-round pick. He was on the NTDP, which means he was playing at a really high level uh, when he was younger. He's a senior this year. Uh, last year was almost at a point per game, and I believe he's one of the captains, if I'm not mistaken. So almost a point per game, that's pretty good. So, you know, he's one of those players, again, If if he's a senior, there's some of those players exercising that fifth year, if they want that one last year of development before they – Take on the pro level, so we'll kind of see. He's got four points in three games so far. You know, only three games. Again, it's hard to tell off of just three games what a player is projected to do for an entire year. But but it's a really good start.
0: So two so two BU defensemen who pro- could not be more different than each other on the same like in the yes. same pipeline. One six yeah. six doesn't score as much, but he's you know he's got that size and more defensively sound. I guess the other is five seven and is almost a point per game player.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe Carolina was wanting a little bit of this, a little bit of this. Exactly. Kind of seeing how it works out, I guess it'd be you. <laughs>
0: Best of both worlds. You know, if work for Hannah Montana, it can work for them, I guess. Um, all right. Definitely. Scott Morrow. Yeah, so about we, got,
1: we got another pair of players from UMass. And again, these are p- pretty different players as well. Scott Morrow. I think is a very, very good player uh, for Carolina to have in their pipeline. Four points in three games. He's a plus five. He's got nice size, six foot two, a defender from Connecticut. He played at Shattuck St. Mary's, which always, you know, produces really high, high level players. Uh, He was really good at Shattuck and last year as a freshman, 33 points in 37 games. So I think that's a player for them that again, is going to be really, really good. But again, it's a matter of that sophomore slump. Are you going to sort of just cruise through your sophomore year because we see that a lot. Players come in, have a great freshman year. And then sophomore year is a little harder because players are players and teams are going to be aware that you're a weapon and they're going to try and lock you down a little bit more. So if he's able to keep it up, have a good sophomore season, then I think that's going to be really promising for him. But it's just hard to get through that. I know sophomore slump that a lot of players have, whether it's just a couple of games in a row or the entire year. But as of right now, doesn't seem like he has one because he's already got – four points in three games. So looking pretty good there. And then the other UMass player, uh, Lucas Mercury, two points, three games. He's a big guy, six foot three from Montreal round six uh, pick in 2020. Had a had a pretty good freshman year last year, 15 points in 36 games. So uh, decent points there. We'll see if he can take it up to the next level here for a sophomore year, but another pair of players there this time from UMass. So Carolina really going with some of those uh, east coast
0: schools they love Massachusetts man like they're they're big uh, I guess I guess they're big in in the New England flavor
1: yeah I don't know but I mean I think they have some some really good prospects in here and then they do actually have one goaltender prospect which I feel like a lot of teams that I've been looking through uh, don't actually have Mm -hmm. NCAA really goaltending prospects a lot of people going overseas for that and just kind of grabbing goalies from a lot of places, but not a ton of drafted, I feel like, goaltenders from the NCAA. I feel mm-hmm. like there's not as many, but uh, Carolina does have one in Jake Kucharski. He's currently playing in Nebraska-Omaha, but he's had an interesting story. So he started off at Providence College. I don't believe he played any games for them. Okay. He then transferred to AIC, or American International College, he played for them there, did pretty good, and now he's at Nebraska Omaha. So he's transferred twice, which is, I don't know, the new era of transferring and the transfer portal. Some people hate it, some people like it. I'm okay with the transferring, but when you see two, I think some people are kind of like that's that's a little odd to me.
0: So is that maybe indicative of something else? Like could like could he be more? I don't know. Like it it, it transferring twice. Like you're only you're only in in. You know the, the the college stream for four or five years max. Transferring twice is a lot.
1: Yeah, transferring twice is a lot, but I don't know. It's just it's it's been weird because Nebraska Omaha too. They've had a strange past couple of years, just in the in the fact that they play in the NCHC, which is obviously a very hard conference to play in. I feel like they always do okay. They'll have so a couple of nice wins, but then they'll have a couple of not not great losses, and they're kind of just. Stuck in that middle of the pack, but they haven't had a great start of the year. They had an exhibition game; they beat Mankato huge, mm-hmm. but it didn't count for anything because it's exhibition. Yeah. And then they got swept by Niagara, who is typically not a top college hockey team. Which that did not look that did not look good for them. And Jake Kucharski of Nebraska Omaha. It looks like so far through three games, I'm not sure if he played through all all the three games because they have a couple of new goalies, uh, 0.896 in three games played. And I think he's at 1.77 goals against. So Nebraska, Omaha, kind of a confusing team. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, is the team helping you on defense? Or is it a goal tending thing? Like I don't, Nebraska, Omaha will have to see this year, but they lost a lot with their team last year. So I'm not sure if that's a stat to be worried about yet or kind of what, but when he played for AIC, he had really good numbers. He had a 0.916 one year and a 0.910 the next year. So he's had some, some nice statistics. It's just kind of a matter of, I don't really know what UNO is going to be doing this year as a team. They're kind of a little, little bit of a confusing team this year as well. So we'll have to wait and see because they have Jake Kucharski and they have a new freshman as well. Simon Letkozy was a really good player in the USHL for the Madison Capitals last year. So we'll have to wait and see because they kind of have a goalie battle. If Kucharski ends up not being so good, I'm sure Latkozy Cozy will get a look. So I'm not really sure about Kucharski. We'll kind of just have to wait and see. Again, I'm saying that because... <laughs> it's early in the season. It's so early. I know. On, I, 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 I won't end up saying that as much once we get into the
0: season. But We hit February. Be you'll be there, making uh, definitive statements. It'll be great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, I'm sure... Once October is done, it'll be like, okay, we sort of know what's happening now. But with him, Nebraska, Omaha, I don't know. They're, they've they had some, some really good wins in the past. They've not had some, uh, or they've had some bad losses in the past. And this year, I don't really know what to think quite yet. But who knows? He's put up good numbers in the past. I think that just might be the type of player that Carolina looks at and goes well. If he turns out to have a really, really good year, awesome. That's great for us. And if he doesn't, he'll probably be, I don't know, somebody that can play some play some games in our organization and we'll see how he how he does there, I guess. But I don't know, sort of an interesting prospect to look at.
0: And then we have finally the the, the hurricanes have actually one prospect in the USHL. And he's got an interesting story in Bryce Montgomery, who was playing in the OHL with London. Until recently, this last week he got sent to the USHL. Tell us a bit about him, and then we'll close out the show.
1: Yeah, so that was a really strange move. Every once in a while, we'll get uh, moves of those younger or just OHL players in general. Very rare, but those players every once in a while will move to the USHL. But it's not it's not often at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bryce Montgomery, like you said, was playing with London, and he got sent to Cedar Rapids of the USHL. Um, he's a big guy, six five, two twenty. So that's Great size, you know, that's yeah, like, no that's kidding. a big guy. I believe he's from Washington DC. Uh He was around six pick back in 2021 of Carolina. And I, I, looking it up, it looks like he only had five points in 49 OHL games. So it looks but... like, you know, that, that wasn't super amazing on the, on the point production wise, but yeah, I don't know. He had, he did have a lot of uh of penalty minutes though.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like, yeah, so he had, it says you're only five points in 49 OHL games, but this dude had 59 penalty minutes.
1: So maybe he's kind of like, yeah, that big bruiser type guy who's going to go in and and battle it out and be sort of that big enforcer guy on the team and just be that big defender, which that's, that can be an asset if that's what, if that's what you're looking for. If you just need a big guy to, you know, do, do play that role and do that and you don't need him to be putting up, you know, a point per game every night or anything like that. But I always think those moves are kind of interesting because now he's coming to the USHL and it's a lot of fans, I'm sure, are going to go, well, is he going to then end up going the college hockey route or which way is he going to go? Because obviously if you're playing in the OHL, that's probably not not your plan originally. So that's kind of interesting. We don't see that move very often. So when it does happen, it's sort of interesting so that'll be a, a interesting player to watch for the ushl for cedar rapids and see if he can add some some size and some grit and just be a, a big body defenseman there back there for the rough riders
0: fantastic all right well that brings us to the end of the show uh what a great like what a great way of just looking through this is probably the deepest when it comes to collegiate prospects one of the deepest hockey uh one of the deepest pipelines and organizations in the league um I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone else learned a lot. We'll be back next week uh, uh, to break down another team and get you, get you up to speed on everything that's going down in the, as we say, in the American pipeline of, uh, of, of hockey and junior hockey and whatnot. Sydney, thank you so much. And I can't wait to talk about this next week with you.
1: Awesome. Well, I can't wait for it. See you next week.